Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. of the SJP Wrestling Podcast. Thank you very, very much for pressing play, download, or however else you access your podcasts. I hugely appreciate it, as always. Joining me today, we have a great discussion with Ryan Brunston, someone who has uh, been training and then obviously progressed onto main shows with the Evolution Wrestling in Gloucester. Um, has a fascinating story about how he got into the business, he, how he once left the business for a period and was drawn back in by his tag partner, whose matches he was actually refereeing. It's a, it's a great tale, really, really interesting. I, I find these things fascinating, how people discover wrestling initially as a fan and then decide one day all of a sudden to give it a go and how that whole process works. So I hope you find this interesting too. Before we get to um, our discussion with Mr. Brunston, um, I just want a little reminder of my other show, Chain Wrestling, that I do with Mr. Mags, the podfather himself. Uh, it's a great, great fun, great fun to record. I, I hope it's great fun to listen to. Uh, we review a certain match um, each week, and then from that match, link to another match that you guys will vote for on Twitter to decide which way we go. You can find that show uh, via the Visionaries Global Media Group, the same as this podcast. Uh, you can find that online um, at chain underscore wrestling on Facebook and Twitter. You can find me, as always, at SJP Words. And you can find this show at SJP Wrestling Pod on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram also. Uh, let us know what you think about our chat with Ryan Brunston, what you think about the show in general. Um, any feedback is always welcome and enjoyed. Let us know what you enjoy, what you don't, what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of. And anything you send is, is great because it helps me shape the show to be more of what you want to listen to. So, um, with all that out the way, all that housekeeping done, let's get on to our conversation with former Evolution Wrestling Tag Team Champion, Ryan Brunston. As always, thank you for listening. Hello, brother. This is NWA WCW Enhancement Talent, Randy Hogan, baby. Being in the ring with the Road Warriors, Vader, Abdul the Butcher, Midnight Express and all them guys. Let me tell you, it was dang rock. But not as rough as listening to Cyan Mags on that chain wrestling show, brother. What you gonna do when this pair of fools, Cyan Mags and chain wrestling, brother, runs wild on you? Ryan Brunston, former tag team champion of Evolution Wrestling. Overjoyed to have you on the show. How are we doing, sir? Yeah, hi, Simon. Uh, yeah, I'm good, thanks. Really excited for this. My first podcast, so uh, never done one of these before, but... Yeah, I'm doing very well. Hope you're keeping okay. 
Yeah, not doing too bad, thanks. Not doing too bad. Yeah, but just before we uh, pressed record, you, you mentioned it's your first your first podcast you've done, so I suppose I'm going to get a few exclusives, or at least I hope anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. Brilliant stuff. Um, okay, I mean, before we get into um, your, your fandom and eventual training and so on in wrestling, um, so I've asked quite a few of our, my guests that have come on the show, um, it, with regards to wrestlers and so on, such as yourself, I've had, I've had a few on, as you know, you said, you've seen a few of the shows yourself. Um, I've had a few on, but I've not done one of these for quite a while. So it's, it's quite a nice change having, having somebody on that I've not spoken to before that I can, um, sort of go back to talking about the training process and so on, which is something I find absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Um, but before we get into that, I suppose, with how the world is at the moment, uh, how, how has the whole COVID-19 situation affected you? Um, I mean, first of all, I suppose, as an active wrestler with no real shows, um, and, and secondly, on a personal level. So uh, in terms of the wrestling, it's, it's mad how it's, it's been nearly a whole year, I think, since we did a show in front of a, front of a crowd. And... Uh, you know, I think we're all a bit naive thinking, yeah, a couple of months, this will all blow over and we can all get our wrestling kit back on, you know, and get back into the ring. But um, a year later, you know, it makes me realise just how much I really miss it. And I think how much I took it for granted. And it also goes to show, I think, how much I really want it. You know, how much that I want to do this for my, you know, as my job for life. Um, it's been really challenging um it's not been the easiest of years and and trying to keep up you know the motivation to for when we are ready to go back has been quite hard especially over the last six months i think going back into all these lockdowns you know um and not having a gym either is <laughs> <it's> very <laughs> challenging because <laughs> you know that was a good escapism as well and that would keep us motivated you know getting in that gym and then you know wanting to use that and being show ready and it, it's just hard it just feels like it's a downward spiral at the moment with no end in sight, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I, I know where you're coming from, obviously not from a wrestling standpoint. You know, I'm far too old and broken to get involved in any of that. Um, but <laughs> sort of, I suppose more on a personal level, this lockdown has felt much more difficult from, from my aspect as well. Yeah. And I, and I know certain members of my family feel the same and, and my, my youngest couple of girls who, who come to the shows and, and you've met a few times, I know they're finding this one a bit different as well. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I completely echo that. A lot of people that I I, um, I work with and some of my friends and uh, and family members are finding this lockdown much more harder. Um, again, I just think it's because we just have no end goal. You know, there's no end point when no one can see when this is ever going to finish. I just feel like we're going to be in lockdown forever. You know. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. It's, again, it's I suppose with regards to the wrestling you say in there, right, it makes you realise how much how much you want it, how much you love it. Yeah. It is that thing of absence makes the heart grow fonder i guess to, to put a i suppose cliche upon that um yeah with no end goal the training side of things uh, i suppose you've got to be super crazy mo- self-motivated to keep going when i mean in the past i'd imagine you'd be training looking at a particular date when you're having a contest where you're having a, an event a match but now without that date does it feel like you, the, the 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 effort to work out is is more difficult? The the motivation to work out is more difficult because you haven't got that end date, I suppose. Yeah, hundred percent. So when we were regularly doing you know shows and I was regularly being in a ring every weekend, 
it just it was just the norm, you know, and the routine to keep up in the gym, keep fit, you know, try as hard as I can. And now without having any of that, it's just really hard to keep that motivation up of wanting to go and work out because you know it just gets to the point where you think, well, why, why bother? Because mm. you know, yeah, why, why should I go and work out? Because I'm not doing anything or I'm not going anywhere. Uh, and obviously I understand that that isn't the mindset to have but you know when we're in a lockdown and there's nothing we can really do it, it's quite hard to keep the motivation isn't it yeah so it's kind of between being a rock and a hard place yeah I know what you mean I know exactly where you're coming from hopefully things will change soon who knows what's going to happen <laughs> fingers crossed yeah that's that should we talk about something a little bit more cheery mate should we talk about yes. something a little bit more a little bit more happy um, let's talk a bit of pro wrestling shall we let's do that <laughs> um, okay, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll start at the beginning, as, as the saying goes. Um, when did you first set eyes upon this this crazy, crazy world of professional wrestling? Were, were you a youngster and, and discovered it on the TV, or how, how did you first discover this this crazy world? So, uh, if I go back, I can give you my very first memory of it. So, it was back yes, in two thousand and four. Uh, so I would have been 10 years old. Uh, and I got a brother who's 18 months younger than me. And he, uh, at the time, was a really big wrestling fan. I you know all the action figures and watched it on telly when we could and all that stuff. And I, funny enough, I absolutely hated it. I used to hate it when wrestling was on the telly. I used to, you know, want to turn it off. I, used to, I just despised it. Uh, and I remember watching Raw with him one day. I just sat in the living room. And I can remember seeing it but so so clearly. It was uh, WrestleMania 20 season, and uh, Mick Foley was in the ring doing a, doing some promo against Evolution, and The Rock ran down to the ring to come and rescue him. I can still see it now, and I and I just thought, oh my oh my god, this is amazing. Uh, this is incredible. I love this. And then yeah, ever since then, I was just hooked. You know, I couldn't turn it off. It's all I could talk about. It's all I wanted to talk about. Uh, I was just wrestling mad and it got to the point where I think I drove my brother out of it so he just lost complete interest and then I just dominated <laughs> the house with with the wrestling so um but yeah so if, and I think it wasn't for him and if it wasn't for uh watching that one episode of Raw I don't know if I'd be sat here right now to be honest with you um but yeah so it was about when I was 10 that's when the interest grew and then that's when the love developed for it okay Right. I mean, it's funny as well, isn't it, how certain moments or certain events or memories kind of stick in your head, I suppose. Um, for me, it was, it was, I'm considerably older than you, so it was, it was much earlier. Um, but I remember Shawn Michaels getting, uh, super kicking Marty Gennetti and throwing him through the barbershop window to split the rockers up and thinking, whoa, what was that? Yeah. Um, and SummerSlam 89 on VHS tape being played to death in my house by, by me until the tape basically wore out uh, two memories that really sort of stand out for me. Yeah. yeah. 2004, um, I, I loved that whole time. WrestleMania 20 in Madison Square Garden. Oh, um, I love I I have a, such a soft spot for that event because that was the very first wrestling event I, I watched. Granted, it wasn't live, uh, but it was the first one I watched. So I have the very... Uh, some nostalgia let's say going back to watching that there's not a dull moment for me for that the whole event or just it just reminds me of being that child again you know falling in love with wrestling yeah so yeah i echo that 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 period was was just perfect yeah i mean it, it's i think it's a bit of a shame as well in hindsight looking back i went through a bit of a spell um not long ago watching a huge amount of 2004 um 
I, I don't know what started it off. I don't know if I was doing research for a show or an article I was writing or, or something literally just popped up online and made me think, oh, I'll go and watch, whatever the reason was. Um, I started with, with the Raw Rumble because I was, you know, everyone's a fan of the Rumble, aren't they? And uh, yes. Benoit's fantastic performance throughout that whole event. Um, it had a great undercard as well. WrestleMania 20, as you say, was, was, was superb. No Way Out, of course, had um eddie guerrero winning the championship at last uh, and that emotional night there and just absolutely fantastic fantastic yeah SummerSlam with orton versus benoit, benoit as yeah. the main and uh, and then the whole evolution stuff and just an absolutely brilliant time and i think that a great deal of that year and now uh, and perhaps rightfully so does kind of get overlooked because of how um the the, the, the horrible events at the end of benoit's life yeah i think yeah. a great deal of that year does get overlooked and it is sometimes difficult for people to separate Benoit the wrestler from Benoit the person but I think there's such great matches angles storylines and so on at that time um it's a real shame that it's it's not viewed upon as maybe as regular or or reminded of as as it should be in my opinion yeah no and I I agree because uh that time period you know like I said it really hooked me in that whole year um and I, I I, yeah, if it wasn't for those guys and, and Benoit was definitely a big influence, you know, um, wanting to see him win. I, I, again, I don't know if I'd be saying now. So mm. it is such a shame that it gets overlooked. And, and I think there are a couple more years that do that, you know, all the way up probably up until his, you know, the events of what happened. Um, I think quite a lot of those just get forgotten about. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Very, very horrific thing that happened. But also there's... Yeah. <laughs> 2004 like i said some some brilliant wrestling memories there uh, speaking of wrestling memories then i mean you mentioned the rock running to the ring on this this episode of raw um was he one of your early faves i mean who else did you do you sort of gravitate towards early on no uh no he wasn't one of my early faves at all he he was just one of the guys that he was just the guy that ran down the uh, ran down the ramp but um so the funny story really of how uh but so my my wrestling idol is Shawn Michaels. I just everything about that that guy. I just I love and I I've watched. I can't even tell you how many times I've seen a Shawn Michaels match. Oh, you, you're preaching to the converted. Uh, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels was the first wrestler I ever looked at and thought, "Why this guy's amazing." And and back then he he was he was a bad guy as well. You know, oh, my right, my yeah, my mum used to laugh at me. So apparently when I was a little kid, sort of nine ten, I used to like all the bad guys. So, <laughs> but there we go. <laughs> but like, <laughs> honestly. Completely on the same page as you there. Shawn Michaels is, is, is it for me. Yeah, so uh, funny story, really. So me and my brother, she kind of as I entered into this, you know, starting to like wrestling, we used to go off and rent the uh, PlayStation 2 SmackDown games Okay. from the local Blockbuster. And this is at a point where I didn't know who anybody was, and my brother knew who everybody was. You know, his favourite wrestler was Jeff Hardy. So I thought, well, he's got a favourite wrestler, so I need a favourite wrestler. So we were playing uh, SmackDown, Shut Your Mouth, which we rented for the first time. And, you know, you can, like, randomly select your character. Like, Mm -hmm. it does it for you. I thought, I said to him, I'm going to press the randomised button and whoever it lands on will be my favourite wrestler going forward for life. And it landed on, (laughs) (laughs) and no word of a lie, it landed on Shawn Michaels. And do you know what? That's the best thing that's ever happened, I think. Oh, it's meant to be, surely. I was so, yeah, I was just hooked, you know, from the entrance to the moves to the ring attire uh just everything you know uh, and then uh, yeah sure michael's mad and i'm very grateful now looking back on that 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 randomization was that happened 
Oh yeah, I mean, I, I don't know the ins and outs of who was on the game, but could you imagine if the randomizer turned up uh, Mantar or the Bastion Booger or Max Moon or something like that? <laughs> I know, I'd have been screwed. <laughs> <laughs> the only person in the whole of the UK walking around with a Bastion Booger t-shirt. <laughs> God, could you imagine? <laughs> Telling everyone I mean, that's my wrestling idol. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, okay. So, I mean, with regards to early favourites then and, and Sean Michaels, uh, what sort of stood out when you started seeing Sean wrestle uh, uh, rather than being a computer character, I guess? Um, is there any particular matches you look at and go, oh, wow, that was incredible, that stand out in your mind? Oh, yeah. So, a match I could probably recite to you off by heart. I mean, we won't do it now, <laughs> but it's the uh, first <laughs> That's ever. A different show. <laughs> <laughs> different show, yeah. The uh, Elimination Chamber at Survivor Series 2002. Yeah. Um, when he wins the world title after coming back, you know, after the broken back and all stuff. I can't even begin to tell you. I mean, I still get goosebumps now when I watch that. Just the whole performance and just, oh, it just blows my mind. You know, I just think he's absolutely incredible. Every little thing he does, you know, everything has a, has detail to it. The entrance, the way he moves, the way he sells, uh, the way he works the crowd, you know. And it used to really hook me as a kid. And it still does now. You know, I can still be a fan when when uh, when I go back and watch a Shawn Michaels match. Yeah, I'm I'm very I got real fond memories of that time as well. I mean, I can remember Michaels having to retire because of the back injury, um, and then I can remember these these rumours a few years later banging around that he'd worked a match for some little Texas company that he ran, um, and and trying to find a tape of it and and so on, and then. Have you seen a tape of that? Just out of interest. Yes, I have. Yes, that, yeah. I've seen yeah, it. Yeah, I like, saw something. Yeah, I saw something a few months ago, actually. Yeah, it, it's it's brilliant, that. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it, the comeback at SummerSlam with Triple H is one of my favorite matches of all time. I, I love that. And I remember oh, sitting there live yeah. and watching that through, through the night, and when Shawn Michaels is coming out and just seeing the the the, the moves again and the, and the super kick and so on, I just felt fantastic watching it because again it, it reminded me of being a kid and watching this guy who i thought was brilliant in yeah. you know 96 as as even though he was getting booed in some places as the babyface champion in 96 michaels was very much my guy i thought the guy was fantastic so he's just incredible and i uh, you know luckily i've gone back now and i've been able to watch a load of those thanks to the you know WWE network yeah so i've been able to go back now and watch some of the old Shawn michaels which i didn't grow up seeing i only grew up seeing him from 2004 um, okay, but but yeah, when I had the chance to go back and obviously I I got hold of uh, the Survivor Series event when I was growing up, so that's why I can recite that match off by art because I yeah I've watched it so many times, but uh, he will forever just stand out as my wrestling idol. Yeah, he's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um. So, what stage uh, as you as you were growing up watching wrestling and and you know watching Shawn Michaels and, and being thankful you weren't a Mantar fan and um, <laughs> at what stage did you start thinking okay I, I'd like to have a I'd like to have a go at this um if I'm really honest I think uh, probably from the age of 12 or 13 but then I think I just looking back never really realized if I could do it how how somebody even starts doing that you know I was still at school yeah, okay. at the time and I, and I always think it was just in the back of my mind thinking do you know I would absolutely love to do this and I would give nothing else to do this um but it wasn't until it was I think 2012 I want to say I really started researching up different wrestling schools and looking at what, you know, 
how how I could make it potentially work and what it was all about. And I really sat down and told myself, watching WrestleMania, you know, I want to do this one day, um, and I'm going to do it. I don't know how yet, and I don't know what I got to do, but uh, I'm going to do it. Um, so, oh, okay. yeah, I think it was so, always there. Okay, so I mean, it was. I'm assuming the Russian Academy you started training. Is that correct? It was, yeah. So um, when when I was I was just googling places, you know, local to where where I live, and the first time it was I want to say four FW down in Swindon. That was the first place that came up. Okay. And I was under the impression that was the most local place to be. Like I didn't know anything. I I didn't really go to independent shows. I mean, I went to a couple whilst I was growing up, um, but I couldn't tell you who ran those. You know, I just went with my friend who also liked wrestling, and we just had a good time. Um, so yeah, I, I was under the impression 4FW was the, was the most closest place to me. Um, but it wasn't again until a couple of months later when I started looking again and I thought, I don't, just don't know how I'm going to get to Swindon, you know, to do the training classes that I found Evolution Wrestling. Or oh, it was Pro Evolution Wrestling at the time, actually. Um, so I started with them in September 2013. Right, okay. I mean, how did that... Uh, I've got a couple of questions I tend to ask every person uh, similar to yourself. Um, a, a sort of sort of check boxes, I guess, that yeah. I find fascinating. The answers I get, and one of them is is the the very first training session. Uh, <laughs> as you sort of as you sort of coming across the car park, walking towards the door. I oh. mean, what were the nerves like? How how was it when you got in there? How 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 was that first session? God, I I remember everything. I remember I was telling my mum actually. I said, "Oh, I'm just popping out for an hour," and she said, "Oh, where are you going?" And I, do you know, what? I was really embarrassed to tell her that like, I'm I want to go and learn to be a wrestler. So I didn't tell her. I was like, I'm just going out. I'll see you in a bit. And I remember driving up there. It was only a 10-minute drive from my mum's house. And you know, I, I had like the shakes. I was so nervous because I just didn't know what to expect at all. Mm. So I, I finally found uh, where the academy school was. And yeah, um, going up those stairs in this like industrial building, thinking, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> what am I doing here? This isn't going to last. Uh, and I, yeah, I, I walked into some of the trainees and I, uh, they were, um, unloading the van out of all things and putting the show ring back upstairs where in the old unit. And I said, I think I'm in the right place. Uh, I, I don't really know, but then they took me to, uh, Rob who owns evolution wrestling and, uh, they were doing a, I want to say a five to six week seminar with, uh, alpha female who was over from Germany and it was the last of her, uh like seminar let's say so i sat there and training session used to be five hours i believe on a sunday if i remember right so i sat there and watched the whole thing and i thought this is just amazing uh, i don't know if i can do it yet but i was hooked you know i watched and i didn't i didn't miss a bit i didn't leave i didn't get up and go uh, and i even got commended for that before i even got in the ring because uh, apparently a lot of people would stay for an hour maybe two and they would watch and then they would get up and go. But I stayed for the whole thing because I wanted to see what it was all like and mm-hmm. all about. And, uh, yeah, I just, the uh, people there seemed great. And, uh, there was a lot, there was quite a lot of trainees there and, uh, alpha females just seemed really nice. Uh, it was a bit daunting to sit and watch. Uh, but yeah, I signed up there and then. Great and stuff. Yeah, great stuff. So, I mean, that, that's the session you signed up and, and you, and you, and you say you stayed and watched the whole thing. Yeah. Um, who who was at that session? I mean, the way the way you've explained that is you've literally gone in blind. You've gone in on your own, didn't yep. know anyone, and then you you know these people are all training in front of you. Um, 
now you've been with Evolution Wrestling now for for well since that date, so quite a few years. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming some people in that very first session you were watching train have, have become your friends and become um, partners or opponents. Who who was in that session that you first met? Oh gosh, uh, that's a tough one. Looking back now, I'm going to remember. Uh, well, obviously uh, Liam Liam James was yeah. there, but he was I don't know six seven maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a lifetime ago. Yeah. Uh, Jack Jack Wilmot. He mm-hmm. was there. He's he's still with Evolution Wrestling. Um, one of my really close friends, Lee Adams. He he was there. I remember seeing him. Uh, and I want to say Justin Sison was there. If I'm really yeah. honest, like I that can't remember. I can't remember. There's been so many people, you know, in yeah. that time period. But uh, there were a lot, and I think there may have been a lot of people there as well because Alpha Female was there, and she's very well established and well known. So there may have been people there that I never saw again. No, I'm just I understand. there the time I walked in, but uh, I remember the following week going in for my first session. They were all just so very nice, really welcoming, very humble. Um, it was an experience, you know. I really didn't think I was going to go back the following week, but something inside of me said, you know, you just keep going, just keep going. And I realized I did. And then, yeah, just met some really amazing people who really helped me. I mean, on yeah, I suppose I'll ask about that then. You, you say after that first session that you watched, you, you took the time and watched the whole five-hour session. Yep. But then during the week, you were thinking, okay, I, I'm not going to go back. Was that literally just the, the the nerves side of things again, or? Yep, nerves and uh, self-confidence. Okay. Uh, just not having, you know, the self-confidence to want to get up and go and put myself through it. I just didn't think I could do it. Wouldn't be good enough for it. Um, and, and yeah, it wasn't easy. It took a, it's taken a very long time to get over that. And I, and I, you know, don't mean weeks. I mean a good few years to kind of build up the self confidence to think, you know, you might have a chance at this. You might be able to do it. It didn't come naturally. Some of it did. Don't get me wrong. You know, some of it came quite naturally. But uh, yeah, mainly the nerves. No, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, okay, so so your next training session, you, you arrive at you. you you convince yourself, you push yourself, you motivate yourself to go to this this second session. Um, that's when you're getting in the ring for the first time, I, I assume. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Tell me about the, the first bump. Oh, well, that first bump was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible. Plus, I couldn't do it right. I didn't know what I was doing. I think I hit my head and oh, it, it was it was awful. Obviously, I got it in the end with thanks to you, some of the guys and the crash mats. But uh, the following day, I could hardly move. <laughs> I remember going into work. I just started a new job as well at the time. So everything was new to me at this period of time. And I could hardly walk. But it was funny, you know. And you slowly get used to it. Um, It's all the different types, you know. And then they make you do a flip bump. And you think, I've never done this in my life. (laughs) And I'm petrified, you know. (laughs) But, uh, oh, it was an experience. It was definitely an experience. One I don't regret. But, oh. Yeah, I can imagine. Bumping to the stay still hurts. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, how long were you, how long roughly were you training at the Academy for um, before? Because the Academy runs its own shows, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Um, so they have so its own I'm Academy you, Yeah, I'm assuming you ended up appearing on a couple of those. Yep. So I did, uh, so I started in September 13 and my first Academy show was January 14th. Uh, in a little church in Cheltenham. can't remember the, the name of it. 
uh, and I was absolutely petrified. Uh, I was meant to have wrestled uh, Dave Dave Eaton mm-hmm. in my first match, and then I think we when we got there, the whole card changed just to availability and who was there and who wasn't there. And I actually ended up wrestling one of the trainers at the time in my very first match. And uh, oh, it, it was a very scary five, ten minutes. I can't remember how long it went. Um, I do remember running down to the ring and I tripped on the apron the first time I got up into the ring. So that was a bit embarrassing. My tights were too big. <laughs> but, you know, it's all part of the learning experience. I've never done it again since then. So... Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, it's all part of the learning experience, isn't it? Oh, uh, yeah. You mentioned you mentioned David Eaton. Now he's he's a good friend of the show. He's been on a few times. We've got like a reoccurring, uh, I suppose, reoccurring theme coming up over the next few months where we revisit pay per views from the year two thousand. Yeah. Um, I, I believe you wrestled him fairly early on in your in your evolution days. Um, how, how was that? Oh, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, I'm so fond of that guy, you know, I've learned so much from him and he was so patient with me and, and teaching me things and ways to do different moves and holds and why I was doing things. I mean, he, he just knows his stuff, you know, like uh, he was just incredible to work with and I'm so grateful. Uh, I've wrestled him quite a few times now, you know, single matches and in tag matches. Um, I think one of my most favorite match I think I've had so far today was with him uh, in a tag match. Um, so, yeah, just forever grateful, really. Learning from him, yeah, he's he's a top fella. He's a top yeah, fella. Really I, I, I really enjoy speaking wrestling with him. I'm, I'm glad we've got this sort of semi regular uh, theme we're doing, so I can continue talking wrestling with him. It's brilliant. I, I really enjoy it. Um, okay, so you, you've you've done your academy shows. You've uh, you know tripped on the apron, I suppose, in your first <laughs> one, and you, you're learning as you go along. I guess. Yeah. Um, who made the decision? Or, or when and how was the decision made to say, okay, you're coming up onto, onto the main show now? And how, how were your feelings then? Oh, so um, I was kind of in that bubble of kind of, I was doing the trainee shows, I was going to training class every Sunday. And I just, never, you know, when you just kind of never think like, I'm just, it's just never going to happen. I just felt like I was never going to get that match. And then I remember being pulled aside one Sunday saying, yeah, you're going to be wrestling your first show uh, down in Worcester. Um, I can't remember the date, but it was in April of 2015, and it was against JD Knight in a, in a singles match. Uh, yeah, again, I was absolutely bricking it, uh, wrestling <laughs> in front of a, a crowd of one of the big names. You know, everybody knows who JD Knight is, and I was thinking, yeah, this is my first singles match. You know, don't mess it up. Uh, so nerves kicked in backstage as they do. Music went, you know, hit, and you walked through that curtain, and then kind of the nerves forget. The nerves just go for me then at that point I get in the ring and I just do what I need to do and I just want to get it done safely uh, but make sure everyone has a good time doing it and I remember so vividly when we come back through the curtain one of the other uh, guys said oh how was your match with the you know first timer was it was it a a blunder or whatever word he used I can't remember now was it a flop that was it was it a flop and JD Knight just responded with a no it was great and to me, that really helped then my confidence at that point. I think that's when I started thinking, okay, maybe I can do this. Uh, you know, I, I didn't get anything negative back. Uh, JD Knight, you know, just saying, yeah, it was great. Th- that meant the world to me. You know, felt really like I could do this. That's fantastic. 
that, yeah. that's brilliant and that sort of validation i guess um overhearing that as well as opposed to being told directly i suppose makes a difference as well because you know it's not just done to say face with you potentially which is yeah which is a which is a wonderful thing i mean you say you started there as uh as a singles guy um but i've predominantly seen you wrestling in tag teams um because m- me coming along to evolution shows w- with my daughters and my wife um didn't happen didn't start until a few years after this sort of time period yeah so I, i've predominantly seen you as as, as as a tag guy um did you have a long run wrestling mainly singles or have you always favored being in a tag team which, which one do you prefer I absolutely love tag wrestling. Uh, I, okay. I love it. Um, I'd much rather go out and do a tag match than, uh, than a singles. Nothing against singles. It's just my preference. Uh, but no, my run as a singles was literally, I think, that match. <laughs> and then the next match I had in front of a crowd, uh, it was a tag match. Right. Okay. So that's really interesting. That's, again, one <laughs> yeah. of the that's one of the questions that I tend to ask the majority of people who, who come on, um, who, who are you know active wrestlers. And I think you're one of the first to actually say tag wrestling is their preference. Majority of people tell me they they like the singles aspect because they've only got to think about what they're doing and their opponent, so to speak. Yeah. Whereas in, in a tag match, there's a lot more bodies and a lot more people to think about, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and that's 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 correct. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love having a singles match as well. Absolutely love just being in a ring. But if I had to pick between the two, it would definitely be a tag. Um, I love it if it's done right as well. You know, you get some tag matches where they might not be done as as psychologically let's say as as correct as they should be but i think if they can just be done spot on i just love it you know i love to watch it and i love to be in it yeah i mean I, i'm a big fan of tag team wrestling it was it was a huge thing for me growing up um you know sort of late 80s early 90s road warriors um all these guys just tag wrestling you know, the rockers everything tag wrestling was was huge and it's a real shame i think that it's not treated with the same level of respect, especially with regards to WWE, that oh, I know, that I it know. was back in the day, you know. It, it, yeah, it sucks in that aspect. I mean, I think NXT they had it right, and I think they still do in tag wrestling. I think the main roster doesn't as such, but yeah, like when I found NXT and some of their tag teams they had in there, it's just it's just you know uh, the revival. Let's just say, for example, mm-hmm. just besotted with them. I thought they were incredible. I mean, I don't. I'm not gonna lie. I don't really watch uh, AEW, so I don't know what they're called now. So I still refer to them as the re- revival. But um, yeah, it's. I think a lost art in some promotions. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, you go back and watch the likes of, um, what well, the Brainbusters as they were in the WWF, but Arn Anderson yeah. and, and Teddy Blanchard and the Rougeos and and all these just absolutely fantastic stuff. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying, you know, I'm a master of it and I absolutely know everything there is about tag wrestling. Um, I'm not saying that at all. But <laughs> no I'm worries. still learning. I'm still learning now. You know, I learn every day through watching. So, but yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I always enjoy your matches. So I don't think you've got anything to worry about there. So. <laughs> <laughs> as long as everyone has a good time. Um, the first tag team I can remember you being part of was The Fever with yeah. uh, Rory Flynn, I believe was the part, your partner's name. Yeah. It's going back yeah. a little while. Um, and I, I think my daughter still has a pair of the flashing glasses that you used <laughs> the, to wear. The I'm flashing sure. glasses. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've tried them on, flick the little switch so they're flashing. How, how can you walk to the ring wearing those? I, I, I can't see. I can't walk oh, I from one side of the room to the other. <laughs> I couldn't see at all. I kind of just hoped for the best and winged it. Right. <laughs> just hope you don't end up in some old lady's lap where you stumbled over, you know, walking in the oh, wrong no. direction or so. No, that that happened. 
Oh, did it really? Yeah, that's happened a couple of times. <laughs> oh, wow. Because there were some really awful... Yeah, because of the glasses. And there were some awful times as well where we had some other other glasses. So we attached some, um, oh, what they call glow sticks to them. And they were all <laughs> hanging down my face. And I couldn't see a bloody thing, you know. But it got over. Everyone loved it. Yeah, all the point and so on. That's brilliant. Yeah. I wish I was at a show where you fell on someone's lap. That would have been brilliant. Uh, no, <laughs> it was embarrassing. <laughs> Um, okay, I mean, so so tell me about the fever. You say there that it, it got over. Um, uh, your partner was he somebody that you knew well from the academy, or someone you met on the when you moved up to the main shows? Or um, uh, so it was, so I knew of Rory. I can't say I knew him very well. Um, I think he just as I started. I think he he did something to his leg. I want to say or his knee, and he was off for a significant amount of time. So I, I can't say I really trained with him much, but he was coming back into the wrestling, I believe. Uh, so this is, let's say, summer 2015, maybe a little bit earlier. So he was in that, you know, in that bubble, I, as I described, of kind of just waiting for something to happen. Like, And I got, I remember being called in with Rory into the office uh, and it was kind of a, we're thinking of putting you two together. We want you to go out and be this, you know, this party team and a bit over the top and a bit camp and all that stuff. And we went away and we thought about it and we weren't really sure. And then I think a couple of weeks later, um, I remember him messaging me saying, yeah, let's go for it. Let's do it. So, so we did it. Um, and it got a bit over the top. <laughs> we came up with some <laughs> wacky ideas. We wanted some really wacky costumes, you know, uh, as you probably remember, we wore the, the, boot warmers or leg warmers whatever you call them and the yeah. fluffy jackets and we had a pet unicorn um we had a flag it, it was just it was mental but you know it was so much fun and i'm sure i can speak for him when i say we absolutely had a ball so we were meant to of uh we're meant to have done an academy show i believe uh and then we weren't going to debut until roughly the march of 2016 but we did an academy show, uh, our first one as a, as a proper team, and it just got completely over with the crowd that was there. Uh, they loved it, absolutely loved it. So we, we went back after that show and we set up all our social media pages at the time. We had a Facebook, a, a Twitter, I think it was. And um, it kind of got really popular really quickly. Um, so we were called and we were asked to do a show, a Halloween show it was, in a little venue in Cheltenham. Okay. It wasn't very big at all. The venue was quite small, but the venue was sold out for the size it was. And uh, it was absolutely brilliant. We had a we had a 10-minute match, roughly, against a team called The System at the time. And uh, we just had a well, well of a time. You know, we were doing the whole selfie stick gimmick as well. We had, we'd come out with the selfie sticks and... It, it was just brilliant. We we just had so much fun, and it gained a lot of popularity quickly. I want to say, or at least it felt like it did at the time to me. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it felt like that watching as well when when I sort of caught the, I suppose tail end of this run. Um, my daughters, as I said, they liked the fever. They 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 loved the team and and, and bought the glasses and cheered when you came out and so on so it, it definitely worked with regards to the kids in my house so yeah. I mean, that was, that, you're achieving what you want there i guess exactly um, on uh online on the evolution wrestling um 
Facebook page and so on, there is a link available to the match between the two of you when the team decides to split and it's a, a loser leaves evolution wrestling, um, uh, a loser leaves evolution wrestling match. Um, I believe it was at GL one. Um, it was, yeah. So, so talk me through that. What, what happened there? Why, why was the team, uh, why, why did the team part ways? And ultimately why did, uh, did the one of you leave the company in general, I guess? Well, if we if we go back a year, I think it was almost a year to the date. So we were at GL1 in October 16, and we won the tag titles in that show, which was, you know, just an amazing experience. And then we were, you know, we were continuing to wrestling, and we were defending these belts, and et cetera, et cetera. And I think it kind of just got to the point where we weren't really sure where the team was going. And we would both come up with ideas, and nothing concrete ever happened. Uh I got injured as well in a show, so I did my ankle in, so I was off for a couple of months following that, and that was back in the April, uh, at the same time we lost the belts as well. And then, yeah, I just think the team fizzled out. Does that make sense? It just wasn't going anywhere, which was a shame, because I was at a point where I really thought, you know, if we took this more seriously, we we could make it somewhere. But, um, you know things happen for a reason and we didn't and yeah eventually we just split up and we went our own ways uh so we had our match like you said at gl1 uh it was a i want to say it was a no dq match i think i can't remember i know there was a chair involved because i nearly knocked the ref out (laughs) 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 you can see me swinging ferrari and i nearly smashed the ref but um yeah we, we just decided to go our own ways you know in part ways and i'm very very grateful for the time i had teaming with rory so i learned a lot you know, I learned quite a bit through through that. And I had some very memorable moments, but just wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Oh, I mean, these things kind of, I suppose they, sometimes they run their course, don't they, I guess. Yeah. And I think um, they definitely did. You know, I think it got stale. Right. Okay. And we didn't evolve. I mean, uh, I don't know. Where, I, this might be one of your next questions, but we did have a couple more matches together following that split in 2018 where we, um, took it more seriously, you know. We had we weren't as uh, oh, what's the best word to describe us as random as we were, let's say, with okay, the unicorns yep. and stuff. Uh, and that was one of my, my probably my most favourite match was uh, in Wooden Hall where I was teaming with Rory in one of our comeback matches. But then, unfortunately, that was it. We never actually had anything else after that, so just wasn't meant to be. Yeah, yeah, there you go. But obviously, again, it's it's part of the learning curve, I guess. You say you say you picked up a great deal from from that run, so that's always a positive. Yeah. Um, from there, um, and also I, I then know you as being one half of the GL two tag team with Eric Myers. Um, how long between the end of Fever was it before GL two became a thing? So, following the split from Fever, let's say the second split where it was definitely over. I actually quit wrestling at that point. So that was uh, summer 2018, I want to say. Like, I just had enough. I just thought, I can't I can't do this. I'm not going to bother doing it, you know. It's okay, not so going to work for me. Sorry to cut you off. What exactly was the, the thought process behind that then? You, you say you, you convinced yourself you can't do this. Yeah. Why was that? Do you know? Or was it, again, just this... This, I suppose, uh, nerves or self doubts you mentioned previously rearing its head again. What, what, what was that? It was a combination, you know, of the self doubt. Just, I had a few single matches following the split, which I didn't enjoy as much. I was used to doing the tag team wrestling. Don't get me wrong; I'm very grateful for the for the matches I was booked in, and 
you know, I really enjoyed them, but I just, uh, I was falling out of love with it. You know, I've been doing it a few years now and I was just tired and I felt, you know, let down from the split of fever, I suppose, because I really believed it was going to go somewhere. So I just, yeah, just, I just packed it in for maybe a year, year and a half. Um, I did take up some refereeing though, which I say, I still say to this day, I absolutely loved. Um, I remember you refereeing actually. Yeah. I had a great time refereeing and I, I was still learning whilst doing the refereeing. There wasn't a single show where I didn't learn something through refereeing. And I think doing that and being in the ring with those wrestlers kind of was bringing that passion back to think, no, I want to be on that side. I want to do that again. I don't want to be wearing this striped T-shirt forever, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I can remember you walking past me in that striped T-shirt, actually. I would just sort of double take because this is before the show started. Um, I think this was at Wooden Hall, I think. Either way, um, I remember being stood with my little girl waiting to get a drink and you walk past. And I sort of tapped her on the shoulder and said, you're not working tonight then? And you're like, oh, no, no, I'm refing. And that was that was kind of it. You know, yeah. you, you, sort of, you sort of didn't entertain any further questions about that at the time. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, what made you then decide, you know what? No, I'm going to give this another go. Was it, like you said, literally just being in the ring as the referee? Or what was it that you missed that sort of drew you back in? I think I just uh, generally miss just being in a ring and just, you know, performing in front of the crowd. And I just missed it. I just really missed it. So I went back to uh, to training. I think I I can't remember if my tag partner now, Eric Myers, was already training as I finished and started refing. I know he was definitely there when I went back to start training um and yeah so i met eric when i went back to training um and we became incredibly close friends uh he's one of my closest friends to this date now um and he he had had quite a few singles matches which i i was lucky enough to ref but we were quite often talk about oh i wonder what it'd be like if we teamed together you know we both have similar interests similar likes a similar size um we both really want it we both have a passion for it and it just made sense. But, you know, we would often talk about it. And it was a good year, maybe, until we actually committed to teaming with each other in a room. Um, so, yeah. So that whole time, then, you say it was about a year before you committed. You you weren't working as a singles yourself, then. You were literally just doing a bit of refereeing and a bit of training? Yeah, that's exactly it. I was doing refereeing the shows. I was going to the, the training sessions on a Wednesday Uh uh, at the beginning of that, though, I was going with the intention of not getting back in a ring for shows. I was going to just training and keep fit. Uh, but then having those conversations with Eric and, you know, we work out in the gym together. So I, I see him quite regularly. Um, we would always talk about wrestling and what it would be like as a team. And if we did this and what we could do and that having those conversations. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't I wouldn't be here now, I don't think either. I wouldn't be back in a ring if it wasn't for him. So I owe him a lot. Oh, that's yeah, that's that's brilliant. That's a, that's a fantastic, a fantastic little twist, I guess. That you've knocked it on the head, and you and you refereed his matches, and that's kind of drawn you back in. That's a, yeah. that's a lovely story. Um, with regards to the the, the GL two, then I mean, I've seen you guys work a few times. Um, you obviously won a briefcase for a, a tag title shot, similar to the Money in the Bank kind of gimmick there, haven't you? Um, yeah. Where 
where do you see this going? Well, what's the hope for? Oh, obviously, we're talking, you know, post-pandemic. We're talking everything being back to normal if that ever actually bloody happens. <laughs> but in an ideal world, the the, the post, you know, the pandemic's all done with. COVID has uh, tucked its tail between its legs and buggered off out of our, our lives. Everything's back to normal. Where, where do you hope to be going w- with this team? Is this something you see being your long-term wrestling future? Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. This is uh, this is it for me, at least anyway. So if this doesn't pan out, then I am done. I think, but um, we we quite often have this conversation, and I know my end goal. I would love to just have at least if I could just have one match with NXT UK. Do you know what? I'd be happy. Uh, but don't get me wrong, I'm I'm not going to give up just after that. Um, but I can definitely, once we get back in our groove of, of training hard in the gym, training hard back in the wrestling, you know, getting back in the ring and working together, we, we really want to push this forward. You know, we really want to make this work. And what's, what's good is we both really want to do that. And that's yeah, really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, you say you both want to do that. I mean, it's, I'm going to be, um, chasing up. Uh, Mr. Myers, I think, and try and get him on the show as well, and, ha- and have a chat with him, and get his sort of side to this story as well. Because it's, I, I quite like that that twist of you weren't just two wrestlers and decided to do something together. You knocked it on the head, and he kind of drew you back in as you were refing his matches. I find that quite a unique little twist. I think that's, I think that's great. I remember uh, like being when we used to go to the gym, and we would always talk about his matches and what he would done at training. And I used to think, oh, I wish I was doing that again. So yeah, yeah, I'm very grateful. But the thing is, you're still you're still young, aren't you? You're still. It's not like you're. I don't know. In in your forties, with knackered knees, knackered back, and and so on, and you know every match is is a huge challenge. You're, you're still a young man. You're still you're still very physically fit. You're still able to do this. So why not? Especially if you are enjoying it. Exactly. Like so, when we when we finally started tagging on shows back in uh, October nineteen, maybe a little bit earlier than that, it was great. I absolutely loved it. Used to that was such a good experience. We used to get back, and we couldn't wait for the next, you know, the next show and the next match. And it, yeah, it was just brilliant. We really started to find our groove, and then obviously COVID happened, and knocked everything mm. on the head. Yeah, yeah, bloody COVID. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, as as we sort of come to a, a close here with regards to your your sort of wrestling story, um, what would you now? having been a tag champion, two different teams, um, uh, leaving the business and coming back, having the whole training experiences and so on. If you could literally jump into a time machine, a, a little sort of um, wrestling TARDIS, I suppose, to coin Doctor Who, uh, and travel back in time to young you, what advice would you give yourself as, as you were starting out? Is there anything you tell yourself that now you have the wisdom to, to, to sort of spare? Oh, when would I go? Uh, I'd probably go back to maybe the time I went and watched my first session. So back in 2013, when I was thinking, you know, what the hell am I doing here? And this just isn't going to work. And uh, I'd probably tell myself, you know, uh, a quitter would never win and a winner would never quit. So just keep going and just, just give it your all. Mm, I mean, that's the very, very simple but yet fantastic and powerful phrase isn't it i think that yeah. holds a lot of that those those few short words hold a lot of impact and a lot of power i believe yeah yeah Just, you know it's not all going to be amazing and it's going to be a bumpy ride and it's not going to be roses every time but you can get over it mm. that's what yeah. i've kind of learned you know 
and the whole self-discovery of of the wrestling world. Yeah, definitely. I understand. Okay. Um, whilst I have you then, Ryan, um, the I mentioned off air before we started, uh, well, before I pressed the little red button, um, in a couple of weeks' time, I'm running a show with some very close friends of mine looking at sort of the prejudices or the shortcomings in the wrestling business with regards to um, there's the speaking out movement wasn't there and a lot of sexism. There's, there's a great deal of racism, um, homophobia. When you look at Lars Sullivan, who was recently released with some of the things that he would say. Yeah. Um, now I'm, I'm aware you're, you're, you're an openly gay man. Um, I'm, I'm curious as to any experiences you've had in the wrestling business with regards to this. Has it, has everything been, um, has everything been good on, on your end or have you ever experienced any issues like this? Uh, so, uh, for me personally, this is also kind of a new chapter for me. Um, okay. so I've not actually experienced anything negative at all. Uh, it was a complete opposite. It was also positive and just, uh, people were just so nice, you know, reaching out and uh, this is all pretty, like I said, this is all quite new to me too. So I'm still discovering this side of it. And, I mean, it was very scary. Uh, I was quite worried. I still am a little bit, I suppose, when we all get back into the full swing of things. Um, I was very nervous, but do you know what? Once it all happened, I think there was no need to be because everyone was just so nice about it and so welcome and so comforting and nothing's changed. But nothing has changed at all, you know? Mm. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I, I mean, as far as I can see, uh, the, the, reason, the reason I'm interested in doing this episode in a couple of weeks with, with some, very good, uh, some very good podcasting friends of mine is primarily because I find it fascinating in a bad way that people can be judged upon who they love. People can be judged upon the color of their skin or, or whatever in, yeah. in 2021. It, I find it incredible that this, this still goes on. So I'm very intrigued. To, and to me, it's, it's going to be quite an education having, having these people on and the discussion that we're planning in a few weeks for the show. Yeah. Um, because these people have experienced th- this, you know, their whole lives, I assume. Um, whereas I'm very much not educated in that and what they've gone through and so on. So it, to me, it's going to be a really fascinating eye opening experience. Um, one thing with regards to yourself that I don't know if it's <laughs> just timing or coincidence or whatever, but obviously we're, we're friends on Facebook and so on. I can, all I ever see when I, when, when you pop up on my Facebook feed in, in the recent times is a big beaming smile on your face. So <laughs> you, you must, yeah. you come across incredibly happy and, and overjoyed in your life. So congratulations it, to you, sir. <laughs> thank you. And do you know, what? a lot of people have said that actually, you're really not the first person to have said that. And, uh, and I just think, you know, it's just a, time where i can finally be myself now and i think that's really going to help and reflect in, in my work ethic in the room too because i really think this is really going to help boost the confidence as now i can just go out there and just do what i need to do and be who i am and i and i i think it's going to really help i don't think it's going to hold me back anymore fantastic stuff yeah i mean your, your whole story um I, I find really interesting there's so many crossovers there 2004 wrestling is, is a is a favorite of mine Shawn michaels is a favorite of mine you know there's so many crossovers there from, from what, what you enjoy to, to what i was watching and i enjoy as well so i find your whole story really interesting um but the the sort of reoccurring theme that i picked up on especially in the early days was that that nervousness and that almost self-doubt that you that you kept bringing up yourself um 
so if you say this this might eradicate a little bit of your own nerves or, or make you feel more comfortable then fantastic sir i'm, o- I'm over the moon um thank you before i let you go then my friend do you want to quickly run through your social media links so anyone out there can track you down and when we finally get back to a little bit of normalcy a little bit of a you know, uh, the the world being reverted back to how it should. People can come out and, and watch you work. Well, I, I'd love to, but we haven't actually got a Facebook page or a Twitter page yet. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> so I can't. We have got a, an Instagram page, which we just kind of got kicking off, which is uh, the JR2 underscore wrestling. Uh, but then obviously COVID happened and we've not been able to put anything on there. So um, we were just kind of getting on board with all of that until the pandemic hit. So I would love to plug a social media, but I can't, I'm afraid. No worries. No worries. So I'll plug your podcast instead. Well, there you go. I'll tell you what. <laughs> you, say, you say you've got nothing to uh, nothing to put on it yet. You've got the podcast now. I've got a podcast so now, yes. Set it up and I'll tag you on it. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> Why not? Okay. Let's do it. Um, uh, before, we, before we part ways, I just want to say very quickly to everyone listening, um, Ryan's Ryan's a fantastic talent. I've really enjoyed watching all of his matches. Uh, I enjoyed his work with the Fever, um, but the GL2 stuff I've watched more recently before COVID hit. I've always really enjoyed tag wrestling, and this is great tag wrestling. And uh, for me, a big gauge, um, a, a big sort of, uh, so, I suppose, uh, guidance to wrestling in general is the people sat around me in the audience. I think sometimes I can overanalyze things, maybe be a bit too much of a smart ass. Um, but the people sat around me is, is important. And the last few shows I went to before COVID, I was sat with my mum, um, and my daughters and my wife. So you've got, um, generations there i guess my my mother being in her 60s and my youngest daughter uh being having j- just turned 11 but at the time she would have been uh, 9 and 10 and they enjoy your matches as equally as each other so uh, if anyone does have the opportunity when um covid is gone from this world and we're back to some form of normalcy to see gl2 and, and ryan wrestle on an evolution show i strongly urge you to to check it out because i always find his work fantastic Oh, thanks, man. That's a uh, big smile on my face. <laughs> no problem. Thank you very no much. Problem. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay, um, and I hope to have you back on soon, my friend. Yeah, definitely. Let's, uh, let's sort it out. Great stuff. I'll speak to you again soon. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.